Welcome to Connecting the Community podcast. I am your host, Marge Andre. I will be connecting you to people, organizations, and events that create community. I am creating this podcast in Richmond Hill, an eclectic and very culturally diverse community with lots of trees and streams and interesting people just up the hill from Toronto. On this podcast, I'm talking with Maggie McKenzie, the Heritage Coordinator with the City of Richmond Hill, to talk about the Heritage Centre, located at 19 Church Street North, just a block over from Young Street in the village of Richmond Hill. Welcome, Maggie. Thank you, Marge. Um, I'm, it's a pleasure to be here, and thank you very much for having me. Um, yeah, I'd love to talk about the Heritage Centre, one of my favourite places in Richmond Hill. Very good. Yeah, no, I, I think we're going to have a great conversation. Maggie, let's start. You tell us a little bit about yourself. What is a Heritage Coordinator, and how long have you been with the city? Well, um, I'm history in the making right now because I've been with the city for, as of September of this year, for 31 years. Um, I started in this role in June of 1996, and the role has um, evolved over the number of years I've been doing it. I actually started out with the Heritage Centre at the grassroots. It was bare bones. I walked into an empty building, and at the time... My manager said, there you go, knock yourself out, let's do something. So it was, um, it's, it's, as I say, it's been a project, an ongoing project. It's been a very passionate project for me. I've been doing everything from, again, I started out with just the Heritage Centre. It evolved into townwide heritage, where we like to, again, share heritage around Richmond Hill, um, Richmond, every part of Richmond Hill has something unique about it to tell in terms of its history, its heritage, its culture. And we like to be able to um, dabble in every part of the city. Um, I also dabbled in with the arts at one point. And uh, just recently, um, Heritage Services uh, has taken over the David Dunlop Observatory. Um, with the being a National Stork site, that has been a great project. And of course, we are working on our A.J. Clark Interpretive Centre, which is over at Elgin West, and we're looking at uh, trying to find its role within the city with our Indigenous history at this time. But today we're focusing on the Heritage Centre, and I'd love to tell you about it. Yeah, so yeah, um, thank you for letting us know there's lots more to talk about in terms of heritage. The, the Heritage Centre is almost like a, a hub in a sense, and there's lots of branches uh, throughout. So, okay, we'll start today talking about the Heritage Centre. It is uh, in the former home of a famous Richmond Hiller, Amos Wright. Can you tell us who was Amos Wright? Amos Wright built the Heritage Centre at 19 Church Street North. Uh, He It was 1940, and he acquired all that property all around the Heritage Center. So all the way down Church Street and up to as far as Dunlop Street was all his property. 
And he had he had a little farm on there. He lived in the Heritage Center with his wife, Maria, and his daughter, Elizabeth. He had a very small family. But in that in that home, he had um, a, um, a housemaid, as well as a farmhand that looked after his animals. Again, 19, uh, 1840, everybody was still, you know, having to sustain themselves with, you, by use of their property. So they had some animals, they had their gardens. And um, Amos Wright... Um, he, he's very he's very important to Richmond Hill's history because he was the one that first advocated for Richmond Hill to become its own incorporated village. And when he moved into a 19 or 19th Church Street North, um, he at the time was very active in the community. He was part of the Board of Education. He was the first um, one involved in getting a mechanics institute, which we now refer to as our library um, in Richmond Hill. And then when the Municipal Act came in, um, where they created the municipalities of Markham and Vaughan, Amos Wright became the first reeve of Markham Township in 1853. So again, it was at that time that he was still trying to get Richmond Hill to become incorporated. And he always kind of hit a roadblock block as he went on his way doing this. He, you know, it wasn't enough population. And when we finally got the population up to where it needed to be, they increased it. So there was always some roadblock in the way. Um, at the time when Richmond Hill became incorporated in 1873, Amos Wright had moved on to um, federal politics. He was actually our an MP uh, for the region of York or for York County, as they called it back then. And then he moved on to federal politics and actually sat in at Parliament Hill as our representative, um, as a um, um, an MP uh, for the York County. And um, in 1867, he moved on and uh, he, 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 Gave up a seat in 1867, but he also became um, moved up to Fort Francis area and was very much involved with the at the time he was called an Indian agent, um, which is a term we would not use today. But he was very much involved with indigenous indigenous affairs up in that northern Ontario area. Woo, I thought I knew Amos Wright. Obviously, I didn't. I think I'm going to have to do some research, but, but fascinating. <laughs> Well, the, the, the fun thing is about Amos Wright, um, we do have some, some lovely pictures of him and his family. We never did have been able to find a picture of Maria. But if you go to the Richmond Hill Cemetery that is located behind our Richmond Hill Presbyterian Church, you will find his headstone um, with him and Maria right next to him. Okay. Um, and it's just kind of midway as you walk yes. towards the uh, the vault. Yeah, yeah I've seen that. Uh, there's the Richmond Hill home. Yeah. Okay. Now you... In your talking about Amos Wright, you mentioned some dates, and uh, you can easily uh, ascertain that this uh, year is uh, Richmond Hill's 150th uh, celebration. So um, can you tell us some interesting things about Richmond Hill um, beyond Amos Wright, uh, like the radial line, the rose industry? Mm -hmm. uh, well, lots of, I think Richmond Hill has a more rich history than many people think of. That's true. And you know what? Every every town, every village, every city is always going to have something unique about it. Uh, what's special about Richmond Hill? Again, we have our unique heritage. And I have to go back to Amos Wright. But because we are celebrating 150th this year, I always wonder if if we didn't have Amos Wright, would, be, would we be celebrating 150th this year? 
because he was, as I like to call him, he was the father of incorporation for Richmond Hill. He started it, he fought for it, and then his followers, you know, finally made it happen in 1873. But you mentioned the radio line, you mentioned the rose growing industry. We have some pretty unique areas in Richmond Hill and pretty unique um, or significant um, events in Richmond Hill or or um, areas in Richmond Hill that we have to talk to. And one was the radio car. And one of the things we do in, in Heritage Services with the Heritage Centre is we do a lot of presentations as well as walking tours. And one of our, our presentation is called Growing Up Young, and we actually do it in two parts with the 19th century and the 20th century. And we also do a number of walking tours along Young Street. And if you go to the Heritage Centre, we have a lovely gallery that focuses on Young Street. Young Street was the core of Richmond Hill and still is the core of Richmond Hill. And I always, um, when I talk to the history of Richmond Hill, transportation played a major role in how we evolved. Starting with the pioneer or our first um, citizens in Richmond Hill who came here in the late 17, uh, 1700s to claim land grants along Young Street, horseback, on foot. Then we got the carriages and the, the um, you know, the buggies that, that attached to the horse. And then all of a sudden, the the trains they we we got the locomotive that was more located towards the the Vaughan area and then we got the radio car in Richmond Hill it started out actually being pulled by a horse um it was a long vehicle like a trolley car and it started by bringing people from York which was Toronto we called Toronto back then York and they brought people up from mainly the Hogs Hollow area up into the Richmond Hill area. And Richmond Hill was uh, the final stop in that at that time. Then all of a sudden, the Metropolitan Railway, who owned the radio car, created a power plant up in Bond Lake. And if you know Bond Lake, it is when you go towards Oak Oak Ridges, it's just below King Road on your east side. That is Bond Lake. And there was Bond Lake was pretty happening back in the, the 19th century. We had the power plant that was created by or developed by the Metropolitan Railway. We also had a resort there. There was a Bond Lake Hotel and there was boating. And what was happening was the radio car eventually made it up to Oak Ridges area. And people were coming from York all the way up to Bond Lake for their summer fun. So that trolley car or that radio car would have been packed and they needed to fuel it. So they fueled it with this electricity that they created from the Bond Lake power plant. And that power plant created enough energy that it brought the first lights to Richmond Hill into the village. So we were able to power up the, the Richmond Hill radio car station, which is located at the uh, Young and Lawrence Street area. And then eventually it could light up. They actually, they actually used the lighting to light up the field in the town park so that they could have lighting for the evening for the fairs and the activities in town park. And then eventually they were able to sell electricity to the um, the residents in Richmond Hill. So we were one of the first villages in the York County area with electricity. And that radio car, it continued and the line expanded to the point where it went all the way up to Holland Landing and all the way down to the St. Lawrence Market. So the radio car played a huge role in our industry. It was able not just to carry people, it carried goods, it carried the mail. It was our main postal 
transportation as well from York to Richmond Hill up to Holland Landing. It carried produce from Holland Landing down to dropped in Richmond Hill and all the way down to the uh, St. Lawrence Market. So it was a very important uh, part for the growth in Richmond Hill. Mm -hmm. And that continued on up until probably there was a little bit of financial issues. The radio car started in the late 19th century. And then early 20th century, they started to have a little bit of problem because the motor car came into play. Then eventually, 1940, that's when the radio car ended. It was around 1949, we started to bring in the buses. And there was no need for this fun is the radio car track is still buried underneath Young Street today. Yeah, yeah, I've heard and that. I've heard people who've seen it that underneath there when they've been doing repairs. And it's exactly. Like, yeah, here we're it's waiting for the there. subway. So, I mean, if we want to bring it back, we can always dig up Young Street and bring yes, it back. Yes, exactly. We've had yeah. it here before. Let's have it again. And you know what? It's probably one of my, if, if anybody asks, what's your favorite uh, artifact in the collection? And I do have many, mm-hmm. but that's one of the significant pieces in our collection. And we actually have it on display right now at the Heritage. Okay. it's a piece of the radio car track right okay you're gonna have to talk about the rose industry it's actually part of our emblem or hair it's an important part there's lots of things uh, that are referenced in about roses so yes richmond hills yes richmond hills flower is the rose and you know what i always i I always look back at the rose industry and when the peak of the rose industry was going it saved richmond hill during the depression um back in in uh 1911 we had a gentleman named um uh, lawrence william lawrence came up here to richmond hill william lawrence was a, a a rose grower a flower a flower grower but rose was predominantly his flower and he was looking for land to be able to grow roses and because toronto again getting bigger um we always hear people wanting to get out of the city so he found some land um up near uh town park which is where the elgin barrel arena is today but just at the end there's a street just below or south of elgin barrel arena called the roseview avenue and it was just at the end of roseview avenue william lawrence set up his greenhouses and it followed and they always say competition is good we don't you know you don't want to you don't want to shut out the competition you want to bring them up and what he did is he ended up bringing some of his competitors up to the same area and they bought up a lot of land in that area just where the heritage center is behind the heritage center um there's a little subdivision called coventry court all along there bedford park all the way up there all flooded with grain greenhouses and we had three prominent greenhouse industries or greenhouse owners William Lawrence did eventually sell out, um, but we had H.J. Mills, which really kept, they were the last of the rose growers. We had Bedford Park uh, Rose Growing Company. And what they did is they, they, Richmond Hill became the rose growing capital of Canada. And they grew roses and they sold roses all over Canada, not just Canada, to the eastern United States, as well as across the seas and one of the one of the biggest um parts in history with these roses is queen elizabeth's roses were from hj mills that she had for her wedding Mm. when she married prince philip um pierre trudeau that rose that he wore on his lapel every day a fresh rose came from hj mills 
And all these roses were shipped out. And this is, again, where transportation played a huge role in how Richmond Hill was developed. Part of the reasons why William Lawrence brought his industry up to where he located it at the end of Roseview Avenue was just to the east was the railway, the CN railway track and the station. So he was able to ship his roses via train um, because it was right there. So they use, and there was so many interesting, you know, you see pictures of the railway station from back in that day with all the rose boxes packed up and ice, they would use tons of ice to be able to pack the roses and be able to ship them. And they were again, shipped all over Canada, all over to the Eastern United States. And as I say, they crossed the big pond and went wow, over to. Wow. To you know, the well. idea like being associated with roses just seems so nice. So I think we should celebrate uh, our roses and such. So yes, and back, we do. Yeah, we have, we um, do. Yeah. Yeah. We have a beautiful rose garden at the Heritage Center. That's our commemorative okay. rose garden. And we do our horticultural society has created its own rose. Yes. Um, to celebrate that as well. And you'll see that there is roses in the official um, seal for Richmond Hill, the, the, um, the corporate logo. We yeah. have roses on that corporate logo, along with the Duke of Richmond's coat of arms, the lion. Okay. <laughs> it's part of our history. So, yeah. So, so the rose growing you... industry, and as I say, during the depression and it's when I started in this, in this role back in the, in the mid nineties, it was very interesting because during the depression, the rose growing industry was huge. It was, mm. we were able to ship all over the place. We were, we were the place to come to for your roses. We even beat out Brant, Brant, Brampton. Brampton is known as the flower capital. Um, but they also did more variety than just roses. Now, I, that's not to say our greenhouses did not do only roses. They did. They were known for chrysanthemums um, as well as carnations. And even some of the the employees, they grew their own lemon trees in the greenhouses because it was, you know, they're, they were, they, they, they did dabbled in everything. But roses okay. were the prominent okay. product. Okay, let's um, come. Yeah. Let's come back to Heritage Center. Okay, yeah. so we're, we're, that's what we want to talk about. And there's lots of sure. reasons to see these, learn more about the radio line and the and the rose industry. But can you describe uh, what's at the Heritage Center? Um, I, you know, it's jam packed with the yes, space. Yeah. So can you talk it's, about the yeah that place? It's the biggest little museum that could. Um, okay. I, like I mean, you you see this small house on Church Street, and you think, wow, you know, it can't be much in there. But you walk in there, and it, as you say, it's jam packed. We try to take advantage of every little inch and corner that we can. We were fortunate during, um, actually during COVID, if there was any time to be closed down, um, we made use of that closure, and we did a huge renovation, and we made it, we opened it up a little bit, again, still respecting the integrity of the heritage features of the home. Um, but to make it more accessible for people to be able to come in, whether they are on foot or if they're on wheels, they can get around. Um, but we did some amazing exhibit work um, during the time we had to shut down for the pandemic. When you walk into the left, you have the room. As I mentioned, there's a young street room and you have first you see is a little kind of my uh, interpretation of what an, a radio car would have looked like. And so we discussed transportation. We talked to the industry along Young Street. We talked to, you know, not just the industry, but the farm industry, because Richmond Hill was a farming community. We all had to be a farming community back in the 19th century. Um, we talked to the Spring Fair and the small mom and pop shops that were along Young Street. 
Young Street, of course, evolved with transportation. But what was unique about Richmond Hill is it was the stopping ground. So when you were a farmer up in Holland Landing, bringing your goods down to the to the town of York or Toronto, Richmond Hill was kind of that halfway stop. So you got from Holland Landing to Richmond Hill and it was time to pack it in for the night. And we had a lot of hotels and taverns along Young Street to accommodate that. And then they get up the next morning and finish on and then they come reverse it on the way back and stop again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that we really focus on that whole industry. Um, and and then you move into the community room and the community room, we talk about people's lives. They went to school. They went to church. Um, what they did, the, the, the toys that children played with, um, the household items. And one of the unique features in the community room is that we want to change over. We have currently right now, uh, we focus on um, two community members. So it's called the people in the neighborhood. And we're going to be changing that over um, every so often. But right now we're focusing on uh, Dr. McConaughey and Dr. Hogg. And they are women. So Dr. McConaughey was the first lady medical doctor in Richmond Hill. She was married to Dr. Ralph, or sorry, Dr. Dr. Lillian Langstaff. Um, she was married, she was a McConaughey, and she was married to Dr. Ralph Langstaff, and she was our first lady doctor. And then she, um, so we, we, we focus on her and, and what she gave back to the community, not just being a doctor, but she was very much involved in, in starting girl guides and being involved in the community and supporting the community and the children of the community. Then we have Dr. Hogg, who came along a little later with her husband, uh, Dr. Frank Hogg, who was the director of the David Dunlop Observatory. So Lillian uh, Langstaff being a medical doctor, Dr. Hogg was a PhD. So she was a doctor of astronomy. And she was probably one of the first ladies in the 20th century to be an astronomer. And the sad part was, when she came here, she was a volunteer at the DDO because they did not hire women astronomers because it was not appropriate for women to be working at night in an environment with all men. So she was, um, but what she did at the at the DDO, the research she did is going to live forever. She photographed over 2000 stars. She wrote books and she wrote a paper, uh, a column in the Toronto Star for over 30 years called with the stars and it was written written in layman's terms which is very special because the average person even myself i'm not an astronomer i need it to be explained to me pretty clearly and that's what she did so she was and they and the thing with the frank and 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 helen hogg lived in the village because at the time when they were at the observatory it was traditional for the observatory directors to live at elmsley which was the original farmhouse on the property but Dr. Chant, who was the original director, was staying in that home. So they lived on Richmond Street. So they were part of the community. Their kids went to school here. They went to church here. And their home still stands on Richmond Hill Street, uh, Richmond Street today. Very so interesting. Was, yeah. So we love our community gallery. And then yeah. our, our final gallery is what we call the Richmond Hill um, History Gallery. And it's the timelines. And one of the things that we have to note is that we start right from the very beginning. We tend to focus history a lot, and it is history, from our early European settlement, which is mm-hmm. how Richmond Hill started. But prior to that, we have our prehistory or our Indigenous history. Mm-hmm. And we start there. We start with our Indigenous history, which goes back thousands of years. Um, Lake Wilcox being one of our our prominent sites where we discovered a paleo settlement. 
Richmond Hill is very known for its Huron-Wendat um, history. A lot of settlements have been discovered. We have a number of uh, excavations that have occurred in Richmond Hill, and we have a number of artifacts in our collection that we can research and study and learn about that history. So we start with the Indigenous, and then we just kind of move around the room right up until the 21st century when we became a city. So we, we highlight everything. Yeah, and this is our 150th year we're celebrating and I think everyone in Richmond Hill should venture over to the Heritage Center this year. Yes. Can you tell us when is it open? When can people venture over? You can come. And that's what I'm very pleased to tell anybody who comes. It's a very economical visit because you do not have to pay to get into the Heritage Center. Yes. You might have to pay for a program or a, or afternoon tea, but if you just want to come and learn yep. about your history and and just meander through the galleries, it's free of charge. Mm-hmm. We are open Tuesday afternoons from 1 till 4 p.m. We are open Thursdays from 4 until 8 p.m. And we are open Saturdays from 10 until 4 p.m. And those are the open gallery hours where you can come for free of charge and meander through and learn about your history. And our staff are there. We have lovely visitor experience attendants there to assist you and to help you along your way. We have a a really fun scavenger hunt that you can do for the kids when they come and look for artifacts and help them learn about the history. And right now we have our timeline exhibit in. We do have one gallery that we change over at least three times a year we're hoping to. This year we've kept it in for the whole year because we're celebrating 150th. Mm-hmm. But it's a timeline exhibit. And if you haven't already, any resident in Richmond Hill, um, any family can come and register and pick up a free uh, kit to make your own time capsule. And that's the whole idea is that let's save our history. Let's mm-hmm. learn about saving our history now and make your time capsule with your family. And our exhibit allows you to go in there and Learn how to make a time capsule, see what time capsules in the past and how they were discovered. And it doesn't have to be just stuff. You can put in musical things and, you know, poems or anything like that that you want to put. To create okay, I like that. Capsule. Yeah, I really do encourage people if you have friends, family members from visiting you this summer that you venture over as well. And I also think it's great for new immigrants, that people mm-hmm. people who have not always lived in Canada, their heritage is not here, just to come and see, you'd spend a few hours at the most. You know, you could make it a quick trip or you could spend a few hours there, but definitely uh, I would come. You, you've you got souvenirs there too. If it's a, yes, a mug, if it's, there's some great books, I, I believe I have mm-hmm. them all. Uh, and some other things as well. And are there still some candies to treat yourself? No, we kind of got out of the candy. Okay. Um, I, you know what? It's just, we're trying to be healthy. Okay, good for you. <laughs> so we took okay. the candy out. Okay. Um, but no, we do have some great souvenirs. One thing that we do have that's edible, sort of, drinkable mm-hmm. is our teas yes. um, oh, because we yeah. do one of the things that we're known for is our afternoon tea service um, we try to do a number of teas throughout the year and we've um just kind of change things up a little bit because we we bring in entertainment local entertainment every tea and if it's not entertainment it might be an activity um i we do. We just did one really successful tea. We had actual leaf reading where people can come and get their tea leaves read. Mm-hmm. And we're doing that again on October 28th. Kind of the mm-hmm. um, Heritage Hilda is going to be there. I won't mention who Heritage Hilda is. 
it's me. Um, but Heritage is Heritage Hilda is going to tell some of the really cool ghost stories, okay. and then we're going to get your leaves read. Mm-hmm. Um, we do our gammy. We do um, a number of things. We have one of our favorite performers is Stephen Cockle, mm-hmm. um, and he loves to, at Christmas time. He's great because he tells lovely Christmas stories and you know to yeah, the guitar yeah. and everything. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, we so- we do a number of programs. Like right now, we're, we're really involved with summer camp, and we run what's called a discovery camp, where kids get to discover not just the history of Richmond Hill, but just cultural heritage. Learning about, as you mentioned, Marge, you married um, our new Canadians that come here. It's not just about, we're not all European descent anymore, and... We are learning about different cultures that live in Richmond Hill at the same time. And then this fall, we're actually starting up Family Discovery Days. It's a drop-in that they're going to be Saturday mornings, um, every other Saturday morning at the Heritage Centre starting in October. We're piloting this over um, October, November, and then opposite Saturdays at the DDO. Okay, well, yeah. Come and and learn some history. It's a family drop-in, and we're bringing out our education kits. Okay, ooh. That's that yeah. is exciting, and you know, please yeah. let me more information on that. But I also want you know, you you've got those three days you're open, which gives provides the opportunity for people to to rent the facility if it's a Sunday yes. afternoon, if they have a shower, a shower, a special birthday, whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I've had the opportunity to be there for political campaigns in the back, but you've yeah. got absolutely. <laughs> yeah. A beautiful area, just idyllic, looking out onto a a magnificent yard park with a gazebo gardens. It's like, woo. Anyone that has been there is like, wow, this is such a beautiful place. So um, can you explain the rentals? Like it's about how much does it cost and how many people and what's involved? Well, you know what? The cost is something I I don't like to put out there because I I, I can never, I always have to go back to my notes and remember that Um, because do you know what? It's priceless as far as I'm concerned. Um, But no, it is actually very reasonable. Um, What we do is we rent the garden view room out. Mm-hmm. as well as you can have the option to rent out or permit the park. We call them permits. Mm-hmm. Uh, the park is a one acre, as you mentioned, the gazebo, the beautiful gardens. And what's unique about Amos Wright Park is we don't have playground equipment there. So it's not like a, a park, a destination park for families with their kids, although we do have lots of kids that come in and run around. We have, uh, the, as I mentioned, the Rose Garden is there. We have a beautiful herb garden. It's like a traditional herb garden that's divided into the four quadrants. This has actually been maintained by our horticultural society. That was their contribution to this park. Uh, We just renovated the gazebo. It's a brand new gazebo. Um, And as I say, there's lots of room to throw picnic uh, blankets out. We have the picnic tables there. Uh, And we do. You're right. We've catered to a lot of political groups that have come in. Um, A lot of our MP likes to have his annual picnic there um the garden view room although it's small it's it's intimate and you mentioned showers and we have actually a unique package because we run afternoon teas it's just traditional for us to offer that up for rentals as well so you can add that on to your rental it's called the all occasions package where we will actually provide you with tea the sandwiches the scones the clotted cream the the cookies Mm. And it makes it so easy for somebody who just wants to come and do a shower. They don't have to worry about bringing all the food. Okay. And you get nice china cups, the whole bit. Yes. Um, You've got beautiful china cups. Yes. Yeah. But that's our our rental. Like it's, it's, it's a really unique place to have an intimate gathering. Um, And as I say, then we, you know, when then we evolve into our group packages, 
you yeah. know, for schools and, and you've got and lots of options. Yeah. Groups. Yeah. We're yeah, very no, busy with that as well. Excellent. And if you can't make it to us, we can come to you. Yes. So for the schools, yeah. I, I like that idea. Yeah. You're also part, well, you're stop number one for museums of the streets. And yes. uh, that is, I've actually done that not too long ago with some friends and mm-hmm. uh, uh, I know a little bit. Uh, but they, I could impress them because they almost knew nothing. They've lived in Richmond Hill for 30 years and was like, whoa, we stopped there and we're, oh my goodness. And we, we did a bit of a walk, but I certainly would encourage people to um, just, you can park on the street, no charge and go for a walk. Mm-hmm. I really do believe that when you are walking versus driving, you really see something totally different. So mm-hmm. I really uh, encourage you to do that. Uh, and uh, you, um you lead guided hikes. Obviously, yes. you've just proven it that you know, are extremely knowledgeable, but there are guided hikes that you lead. And um, can you talk about that? Sure. We have um, a number of um, scheduled tours. Mm-hmm. You can you can t- uh, sign up for one of our public tours. We have one left this summer, uh, Dog Days, Days of Summer on August the 20th, where you can bring your pooch. Mm-hmm. And uh, Carol, one of our, our our interpreters, she's actually designed the tour around dogs and animals in Richmond Hill. And uh, I think it's Tommy and his dog. And uh, basically a guided tour around the village. We do a, a number of different themed ones. In the mm. fall, we're offering um, a new tour. It's very excited to talk about. But we, we try to keep them. One thing I've always said about the Heritage Centre. It's not just the four walls of the Heritage Centre. Our museum is the entire village and not just the village we have a wonderful uh heritage district up in gormley that we do tours of we also have the mill pond area and so we try to focus on different um aspects of richmond hill uh different areas for for our tours so we are having um uh this this fall we're offering young street north talking about medicine education and um, theater because it's in the theater area and then we're having the church street business uh, tour we're bringing the Gormley tour again this fall and the new tour that we're introducing is Phyllis Rollinson Park and her house mm-hmm. so that yeah it's something that we've been wanting to do for a while but we're mixing that in with a nature walk as well so it won't be just um, us doing the tour of the house uh, Phyllis Rollinson's home the Forrester house at Phyllis Rollinson Park is Richmond Hill's only original farm uh, log house in Richmond Hill. And it's been fully restored. And that's where we're going to get people inside that. Because I think a lot of people have never had the opportunity to go inside the house. No. They might know it's there, but it's usually closed because it's just open for programs. We're going to take people through a tour through there. The barns have all been restored as well. We don't go into the barns, but they're there. Um, and then we're going to have our outdoor education team do a nature walk around the, the park as part of that tour. Okay, so I sign me up. I'm I'm want to go to yep. that one Sunday uh, Sunday October fifteenth. Okay, I will, okay, I'm marking yeah, it down. We haven't okay. got it listed yet. It's uh, Our fall programs don't come out until uh, the August, but uh, okay. we we're Very ready good. to go with that. Okay. So we're really excited about offering yeah. that as oh, well. The wow. other. You know, we also have some other unique heritage buildings that the town owns or the mm-hmm. city owns. I'm sorry. I'm still getting used to that. Yes, yes. Um, we have the Iyer Homestead and we have yeah. the, the Boynton House, uh, which we also use as an art gallery. Yeah. 
for artists that like to rent that out. Um, but there's some really unique heritage sites yeah. in Richmond Hill yeah. uh, that uh, everybody needs to get out and see. Uh, we do, yeah. Well, we could talk for a long time, Maggie. You are oh, extremely knowledgeable, passionate uh, uh, about what uh, Richmond Hill, our history. So thank you for, for doing that. It's it's amazing. You've got me looking forward to a lot of things. And I feel like I mm-hmm. I thought I knew I knew about a lot of things. But yeah, I'm uh, there's lots of opportunities. So Maggie, I do like to end our podcasts with the same question to everyone who's part of our podcast. Name just one. I think this might be difficult for you. That's not fair. Name one <laughs> thing that you really like about this community. I always remember Richmond Hill going up from Toronto. We would go to the exhibition or something in Toronto. And we actually had to drive up Young Street, Highway 11. Mm -hmm. And we went through Richmond Hill. And I always remember the steeples. Mm -hmm. That was that was Richmond Hill, the hill. Mm -hmm. And I always remember the observatory dome. You could actually see the observatory dome from Young Street at that time. And this was back in the I'm going to say early 70s. -hmm. So we were driving up Young Street and I I that's what I love. I love the, the, um, I love the streetscape. I love how we've been able to preserve that village and keep Richmond Hill unique looking in its heritage. And it's, it's kind of a comfort level that it's always still there. Yeah. Very and good. Seeing those, seeing those steeples. And even though the observatory is kind of hidden behind some trees there, we just have those unique features of Richmond Hill that really stand out. And the, as we evolve, bringing in the new Canadians and we can share that with everybody. Yes. Yeah. No, thank, uh, thank you, Maggie. We could talk for a lot longer, but we've had a really good conversation. Uh, I like your answer about the street, street streetscapes. That's a unique answer. I haven't had that one before. So uh, <laughs> thank you for that. But uh, uh, we will, we're going to talk again. So again, sure. uh, thank you and uh, stay in touch. Thank you for listening. I would very much appreciate you sharing this podcast. Please tune in next week as we continue to explore the community. Consider emailing me at marge, M-A-R-J, at margeandre.com. I welcome suggestions for podcast guests. Stay well, stay connected.